This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold. And I am so happy to be back here. On pain.tv, folks, we just came off, I think, a fantastic six-part series on Elon Musk and his brain chip company, Neuralink. And through that six-part series, we were able to tie together a lot of the sort of physical technology needed to advance the crazy ideas of People like Ray Kurzweil, a big thinker in the technocratic movement over the last several decades. He is the chief engineer over at Google. People like Dennis Bushnell at NASA, chief scientist for the last 40 years. And so what we were able to show was that Neuralink, Elon Musk AI brain chip, is basically a Bluetooth-enabled internet Wi-Fi hub that is going to be plugged into your head after they drill a hole in your skull. Slice open the protective layer surrounding your brain, insert a thousand wires with over a thousand electrodes on each wire down into your brain, and then suck your thoughts out of your head and transfer them via this Bluetooth chip up to the AI hive mind cloud of which Kurzweil and the rest of the gang talk about. So that six part series is very important. Also within there, we mixed in some other information about Instacart and uh, touched on the beginning of AI foundation run by a gentleman named Lars Butler, which we are going to get into in this show. And the reason why we are moving from Musk to Butler is because one, and this is actually less important, but one, Peter Thiel, the billionaire Silicon Valley libertarian, as they like to say, he was one of the only, which is which is not true. They say that he was Donald Trump's only Silicon Valley, uh, Valley backer in 2016. Look, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump went out there to events and kissed the asses of people like Jeff Bezos of Amazon and others. Donald Trump had Bill Gates up to the Trump Tower during the transition. So to believe that Donald Trump only had one Silicon Valley backer, Peter Thiel, is just total BS. Thiel does play an instrumental part 
in all of this because his money spreads far and wide. He's involved in political movements. He's involved with the CIA. He's involved with the IRS. He's involved with the technocracy. And so what I am planning on doing as an introduction to Peter Thiel is hopefully in the next day or two, I will be interviewing Maria Albanese, a fan favorite of the Thomas Paine podcast, of which she appears every Friday with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast and Paine.tv. And so Maria has done a lot of research on Peter Thiel over the years. So we are going to hopefully do an interview with Maria where the first hour she will debrief me on my trip to Poland and discuss some of the things I have not talked about yet. And then the second hour, we will do an introduction to Peter Thiel, which will then help me shape up the shows I will be doing next week on Peter Thiel. So, one, Lars Butler is important to this story because now Peter Thiel and his company Founders Fund, which invests in all of these technocratic prison planet companies and softwares and programs is now connected to Lars Butler. And as we know, Peter Thiel is invested in Neuralink as well as several other of Elon Musk companies. And they go all the way back together to the PayPal mafia, which was the original group that started PayPal and made a bunch of money off it that supplied these young technocratic entrepreneurs with their billions of dollars that they went on to use to run programs like Neuralink and SpaceX and Palantir for and on behalf of the United States government through DARPA, NASA, the CIA, and such. And the other reason why Butler is important, particularly his company AI Foundation, is because AI Foundation is actually focused on Two major things, the way I see it, in my opinion, is that one, they are helping to push forward the normalization of the concept of mind twinning by creating cutesy, synthetic, CGI, deepfake video versions of celebrities and of yourself if you would like to take part in their human trials. And making it look cool and hip and taking this AI hive mind, this AI mind twin of you and adding a human element skin to it, which is the synthetic CGI puppet. So it's essentially a video game lifelike avatar of yourself that speaks and communicates through your mind twin, which is a copy of your brain. But when people interact with it at this level, they're seeing a cute CGI avatar of yourself. So they're helping to normalize the mind twinning technology. But at the same time, this mind twinning technology, the software they're developing, I see that this will become the software, the backbone for software, Uh, At least this is the test pilot, the study, the beta testing for the type of software that will capture the information sucked out of your head that Neuralink will transfer via Bluetooth up to the cloud eventually through internet. 
And later on, we will further examine Elon Musk's other company, Starlink, that is building the satellite system around the Earth in which will, what I believe, probably power this AI hive mind and this digital matrix metaverse world. And so that's why Butler really fits into this. And again, you'll see he's a total creep. He's like Klaus Schwab. He's like Yuval Noah Harari, Henry Kissinger, George Soros, this type of really creepy individual. And I had some personal uh, sort of business, personal business connections to AI Foundation, which I will show during this episode. I will show email communication back and forth with AI Foundation from a few years back. So that's why we have to get into Lars Butler next. The other thing is Lars Butler is generally, and and I listen to a lot of content, and if I'm wrong, excuse me, but I don't believe that anyone has really touched on Lars Butler in this circle of journalism, in this uh, niche genre. And so I want to bring him to your attention so that you can let others know, uh, other great investigative journalists out there in this realm, Whitney Webb, Jason Burmis. I would even say this would be interesting for Sam Tripoli on his show, Tinfoil Hat, to let some of these people know that there is another player who is actually advancing the mind-twinning technology. Now, I know many of you have communicated to me through Twitter, through pain.tv and other places that I should interview Allison McDowell. Now, I've been following Allison McDowell, or followed. She is no longer on Twitter. Uh, she does have a website, Wrench in the Gears. But I followed Allison McDowell at the suggestion of Maria Albanese a couple of years back. And she really did have a lot of great research um she's done a lot of great podcasts fantastic information i have nothing bad to say about the information that allison puts out but about six months ago so long before i started the show allison blocked me on twitter Uh, i can't even recall why i think i had asked her a question as many of you know she is not the type of person that you can ask questions uh, two, or she gets upset and she will block people. So, and it, and it was pertinent to her work. I was not breaking her balls. So, as I've said to many of you who've communicated to me, I've said to even Maria, I would gladly have a conversation with Allison McDowell. The problem is, I'm not going to jump through hoops to find her if she doesn't want to uh, play in this sandbox. Then so be it. She does not have a uh you know copyright on the research that's that's out there a lot of this is all open source research except for instance i'm going to share information with my communications with ai foundation that's not open source information it will be once i put it out there but like mike i have uh you know not as much as mike but i have a very rich history um in various corporate driven industries because of my unique past in developing and producing corporate entertainment for every company from LinkedIn to Microsoft over the years. So I was privy to a lot of sort of insider information because I went to a lot of corporate events, annual dinners and such. 
and worked on projects for some of these companies. Nothing at high level. I wasn't building uh, brain scanning devices. We were developing customized comedy for sales conferences and for Christmas parties and such. But, you know, it allowed me to poke around and and uh, gather intel and and so that's the situation but allison does block me uh if anyone knows her you want to ask her if she would want to come on that is fine i would gladly do it i will talk to anyone so now that we got that out of the way because you guys keep emailing me about this uh just know it is not me um uh, that that there's no i'm not trying to hide any anybody i'm not trying to uh compete with anyone so feel free to um to tell allison i'd love to have her on the show if she wants to do it i'll go on her show as well if she has one okay so what i'm going to need to do before we get into ai foundation and lars butler and trust me this ties in yesterday there was a couple of websites that were down when i was showing you the research on the investors behind Neuralink. And I was not able to load those websites. It was not on our end. Somebody was having server issues yesterday, and it was not us. So I was able to pull up those articles, and even though yesterday I said, you know, we don't need them, I think the information that was in those articles is actually important. So I'm going to briefly cover that, uh, and then that way we can move on from that uh, Neuralink stuff once and for all. Before I do that, let me just show you this, uh, because it was an article I brushed over. And this is from uh, January 20th, 2022, so the beginning of the year. And it says here, Elon Musk brain chip firm Neuralink lines up clinical trials in humans. And we touched on that yesterday, but I wanted to show you that it was actually written in an article. This was The Guardian. In plants that Musk says could allow paralyzed people to walk already tested on a macaque, monkey, and a pig. And you know that. But right here, uh, it just quickly goes through all the information that we covered over the last six episodes. And it says here, uh, quote, we hope to have this in our first humans, which will be people that have severe spinal cord injuries like uh, tetraplegics, quadriplegics next year, pending Food and Drug Administration approval, uh, must hold the Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit. Quote, I think we have a chance with Neuralink to restore full body functionality to someone who has a spinal cord injury. Neuralink's working well in monkeys, and we're actually doing just a lot of testing and just confirming that it's very safe and reliable, and the Neuralink device can be removed safely. End quote. So I just wanted to show you that was the announcement at the beginning of this year that he had planned to put microchips in people's head this year. Then a lot of that information went dark and people were speculating on what was going to happen. So in the middle of us doing this series on August 22nd, two days ago, Elon Musk tweeted, as he loves to do, it says, Elon Musk says a Neuralink update is coming on Halloween. The startup keeps working toward a device that lets humans directly interact with computers via their brains. And so it says here, uh, Elon Musk's tweet was, Neuralink progress update and show and tell on October 31st, Halloween. So there you go. Maybe he's going to unveil on Halloween that he, in fact, has put a Neuralink chip in 
into a human brain. Uh, as we covered briefly that he was actually looking for a chief clinical scientist to run the programs back in the beginning of this year in january but so now he's going to have this big announcement on halloween and i thought we should put this in here because obviously we've covered him extensively and i told you i'd give you an update on the newest information i just did not have time to jam it in the show yesterday so i figured i'd do it at the top of this show so if any of you are listening who have the brain chip in your head that's going to be fantastic i will get to watch you on halloween run around in a pig trough for elon musk and his gang of wild scientists i'll be right back this is dust of gold with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv all right folks we are back and I only perform for banana shakes. I'm sucking one through my straw right now. So, folks, let me just show you real quick. Uh, on the break, I had mentioned that uh, Musk, before the break, I mentioned that Musk said on Halloween he's going to unve- uh, unveil some new show and tell on Neuralink. But let me just go back real quick, and I just want to read you, because this is from January 2022. Uh, Neuralink had posted an ad. It said, as the clinical trial director, you'll work closely with some of the most innovative doctors and top engineers. They mean Frankenstein scientists, as well as working with Neuralink's first clinical trial participants. The advert for the role in Fremont, California said, quote, you will lead and help build the team responsible for enabling Neuralink's clinical research activities and developing the regulatory interactions that come with a fast-paced and ever-evolving environment right so that's what came out in january they were gearing up with a clinical trial director to put a chip inside a human's head this year and now musk comes out and announces that he's got some big news on halloween But this is interesting because in the article that came out a couple of days ago on the Halloween announcement, it says this company here, and I had them written down in some notes, but I have not done any investigation on them yet. Remember, we talked about BlackRock Neurotech that Peter Thiel's involved with, so he's invested in that project as well as in Neuralink. It's another company that is working on a brain chip, and as I keep saying to you, they're pretty much all related. In the end, you might have an Apple version and an Android version, but they're all working towards the same goals, which is the ability to hijack your mind and upload your thoughts into the cloud. But it says right here in May, Syngron beat Neuralink to become the first company to implant a brain-computer interface in the United States, something Musk said last year that he hoped his company would accomplish in 2022. Now, we don't know. Maybe Musk did do it first, but he just hasn't announced it yet. He might come out and have a full-blown cyborg on stage. Remember, this is like Tony Stark of Iron Man, and he's going to 
bring his drone suits out on the stage and show you how cool it is. It says Synchron's first device is called the Stentrode, designed for patients with paralysis. See, they all want to help people with paralysis, right? To be able to wirelessly control digital devices through thought. Yes, we want to help people with paralysis be able to use their smartphone and talk on Twitter with their thoughts. That's what we want to do. The company's mission makes no mention of keeping up with artificial intelligence. But remember, Musk on Rogan straight up told you, as did Dennis Bushnell, in his document written for NASA, published by NASA, and in a speech where he represented NASA, that humans are already cyborgs because of the way they interact with their smart devices, and therefore the most logical solution and next logical step in evolution is to implant the brain chip in your head so you could communicate with your smart devices using your brain and not having to use your thumbs. As Musk said, we're very inefficient because we can only communicate back and forth with our phone at the speed of our thumbs. And therefore, we are just not efficient. Now, remember, in yesterday's show, as we broke down the money men, the investors, the financiers behind Neuralink, we showed you, as we did with Instacart, America's biggest grocery gig app, and with some of these new technologies coming out in the frictionless shopping world, that they have investors who are connected to, funded by, partnered with InQtel, which is the CIA's hedge fund. And so, therefore, is Neuralink... Not in part being funded by the United States intelligence community, which is the United States government, which is us, the taxpayers here in the United States. Of course it is. And you can look at this article I have here. I'm not going to go into depth on this because we have to move to Lars Butler, but I just want to show you. This is an article here. Elon Musk hates government subsidies. His companies love them. As Mike Moore pointed out a long time ago, Elon Musk is a welfare queen. He is just like Howard Hughes. If you don't know about Howard Hughes, go watch Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. But a grid analysis of Musk companies shows more than $7 billion in government contracts alone. He also gets major tax subsidies because of Tesla. I'm not going to go into this article. There's no need to. But the headline is important there. A grid analysis of Musk companies shows more than $7 billion in government contracts alone. You do understand. You do understand that all of these big technocrats are partnered with the government. Trump normalized it and mainstreamed it, calling it the public-private partnership. And we were supposed to bounce a ball on our nose and clap our hands like a seal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Public-private partnership. Yes, 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 yes. We love it. The public-private partnership is nothing more than what all of us complained about for many years. It's communism. It's fascism. It's corporatism. When the government and these corporations are working together in sync What the government can't do or doesn't want to do, it has the private sector do. It was the private sector that put the social distancing stickers all over the floors in the grocery stores. 
It was the private sector that put up the plexiglass sneeze guards everywhere. It was the private sector that enforced the mass mandates. It was the private sector that enforced the jab mandates for you to go to work, for you to travel. That was the private sector doing it on behalf of the government in partnership with the government in what we call the public-private partnership. So basically, the companies act as the puppet frontmen for the government, which is what Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and all of these guys are. They are puppet frontmen, pitchmen, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, Billy Mays. That's what they are for the government. So Musk is floated by over $7 billion in government contracts as of April 2022. And I did some research on this. I'm not going to get into it. But there's even more than that. And let me just show you here. This is from the Washington Post. April 8th, 2022. U.S. quietly paying millions to send Starlink terminals to Ukraine, contrary to SpaceX claims right you got it and i'll just tell you this briefly because eventually i will get into russia ukraine and we are going to get into starlink in a future episode or episodes it says here after russia launched its invasion oh yeah this is and in my personal opinion it's all concocted i talked to military people in Poland, some of which were very intelligent people who told me that they believe, and remember, Poland now has a U.S. Army base being built in Poland. Sadly, I feel bad for these people in Poland. And the U.S. is there propagandizing Polish children into the glorification of war and how it will be their duty to fight Russia. And the United States is there pushing their empty soulless corporatism materialism and consumerism through crap like mcdonald's and gucci stores and other nonsensical stuff and starting to unleash credit cards and loans and mortgages that did not exist in poland giving people access to credit no strapping them into a lifetime of debt slavery the wonderful united states but it says right here After Russia launched its invasion, Ukrainian officials pleaded for Elon Musk's SpaceX to dispatch their Starlink terminals to the region to boost Internet access. Quote, Starlink service is now active in Ukraine. More terminals en route. End quote. Musk replied to broad online fanfare. Yeah, Elon Musk, Iron Man, coming to the rescue. I am Iron Man. That's what he is, right? Since then, the company has cast the actions in part as a charitable gesture. Quote, I'm proud that we were able to provide the terminals to folks in Ukraine, end quote. SpaceX president Gwen Shotwell said at a public event last month, Shotwell. Sounds like the last name of a a porn star at a public event last month later telling cnbc quote i don't think the u.s has given us any money to give terminals to the ukraine shotwell said but according to documents obtained by the technology 202 the united states federal government is in fact paying millions of dollars 
for a significant portion of the equipment and for the transportation costs to get it to Ukraine. On Tuesday, see, this is Musk working on behalf of the United States government. You don't really believe that Elon Musk, a self-proclaimed autistic dude who smokes pot and drinks whiskey on Joe Rogan's show, who works for the technocracy and wants to drill a hole into your skull and put his neurochip inside of your head, you don't think that Musk woke up one day and said, I love the people of Ukraine. I must get them internet now. But according to documents obtained by the Technology 202, the U.S. federal government is in fact paying millions of dollars for a significant portion of the equipment and for the transportation costs to get it to Ukraine. On Tuesday, the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, announced also the same people that helped lead the caravans of illegal aliens and refugees under the Trump administration when we were told our border was being secured, but yet we were actually funding hordes of caravans to come up and invade the United States. So, yes, the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, announced it has purchased more than 1,330 terminals from SpaceX to send to Ukraine, while the company donated nearly 3,670 terminals and the Internet service itself. While the agency initially called it a, quote, private sector donation valued at roughly $10 million, end quote, it did not specify how much it is contributing for the equipment or the cost of transportation. So without going any deeper into this, Elon Musk is funded by the government. For the video audience, I'm scrolling the article. For the audio only, you could check it out at pain.tv or go look it up on the Washington Post. It just says here, USA agreed to purchase closer to 1,500 standard Starlink terminals for $1,500 apiece and to pay an additional $800,000 for transportation costs, blah, 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 adding up to over $3 million in taxpayer dollars paid to SpaceX for the equipment sent to Ukraine. So you are paying for this. You are paying for this technology. And this is not so that we can be nice and send the people of Ukraine internet hubs so that they could watch Netflix while they're supposedly being bombed to smithereens by Putin and the Russians. And as I said, these people in Poland that I met that are very intelligent, they believe that the United States and Russia are and always have been in bed together and that their job is to provoke a World War III scenario to draw everyone in, including countries like Poland, which I told you is sort of the Florida of the European Union, where they resisted a lot of the COVID measures and they resist a lot of the other banker schemes and hold out usually longer than anyone else until they're eventually forced into joining these other wackos in the sandbox to play in the crib with the other children. And so when I get right back, I'm going to show you the two articles we missed yesterday, and then we're going to jump into AI Foundation with Lars Butler and his Mind Twins software. You're going to love this stuff. It's going to freak you out. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we will be right here back on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv. 
slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Oh yeah, folks. Here we are, ready to rock and roll. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Elon Musk is a welfare queen. The richest man in the world is taking all the welfare in the world on behalf of his government front companies. So let me jump right into this without wasting any time, ladies and gentlemen. Right here, I have the jpost.com article on Alexander Tomas. If you remember yesterday, their website was crashing so i didn't get to pull this up i'm not going to do all of it but this is important right here it just goes to show these guys always throw these signals out here and remember alexander tomas is the one who is connected to the kremlin uh connected to israel uh through his former uh companies that he worked for he's a very secretive guy it's hard to get information on him all the reporters that have covered him over the years say he's very secretive he works in this big mansion and he's only got 10 employees and nobody knows where they are everyone works remotely who knows obviously some front man but it says right here a twitter account for tomas has existed since march 2009 It is the same picture as his LinkedIn profile and a banner image showing Lego figures of Star Wars stormtroopers. But no posts. Stormtroopers, right? Stormtroopers like the Nazis. And we keep bringing this back and showing you that this technology, and we will dive deep into this, is very similar to what the Nazis were supposedly developing and using, right? to develop the supreme race and to torture people. And we're going to go back and show you how the Nazis actually created what was later the MK Ultra program brought here, exported from Nazi Germany and, and imported right here into the United States and run out of Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, right down the street from me. And that was a Nazi program where they used psychedelics and they tortured people and controlled their minds. And that's literally what MKUltra has led up to today. Breaking people's minds and then rebuilding their mind in the image that you want it to be. It says right here, the account liked an April 21st tweet from Musk that called on the social media platform to authenticate. Oh, great. Now the site, see, they have these ads pop up everywhere, and then it moves the page on you. But it says, the account liked an April 21st tweet from Musk that called on the social media platform to authenticate all real humans as part of the bot dispute. Now, people got sucked into that big time, right? Elon Musk talking about all the bots on Twitter. Are there bots on Twitter? Yeah, Are there bots on Facebook? Yeah. Are there bots on YouTube? Yeah. Are there bots all over the internet? Yes. But see, the trick is, remember, it's always this Hegelian dialect. Problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, they provoke the reaction, and then they offer the solution. You got that? Problem, reaction, solution. 
So let's take this case. They create a problem by flooding something like Twitter. If you're a Twitter user, you love it. If you're not a Twitter user, you just get on board and cheer on one thing or the other because you're an NPC and you cheer on whatever the daily cause is. But they say, okay, there's all these bots. So they create the problem of the bots. You don't think in two seconds that Twitter, with all these genius engineers that work there, can't just run a software through an algorithm they program that can tell them which accounts of bots. Of course they could. They could shut the bots down in one second if they wanted to. So they create the problem of the bots. Then in 2015, 16, going up through 20 through the Trump administration, we had all kinds of experiences with bots because anyone who follows politics knew that there were bots being deployed by political campaigns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so then they tell you that the bots are a problem. They take Elon Musk, Iron Man, Tony Stark to come out there and create a bigger story, a bigger narrative of the bots. And he's not going to buy Twitter and save free speech until we get rid of all the bots. And so then people say, get rid of the bots, get rid of the bots. We want Elon Musk to come and save free speech. We love him, we love him, we love him. That's the reaction. So problem is create the bots. Reaction, send out Musk to stir the pot and get you to cheer on getting rid of the bots because the bots are the problem and Musk won't buy Twitter and save us and save our free speech until the bots are gone. So then the solution they offer is they want to do a authentication on real humans and then people go, well, I'll, I'll be fine with doing that. But see, then what information, what data, what DNA... What blood sample, what Q-tip getting shoved into your brain, what copy of your driver's license, social security card are you going to have to turn over to Twitter? And it's not just about Twitter. This falls into the concept of ID2020, a Bill Gates program, and the vaccine passports, and these international global digital IDs. See, they'll utilize Twitter as the entry point, the adoption, and then it will spread to Facebook, YouTube, and then before you know it, you just got sucked into proving you're a human through biometrics, which a lot of people do with the TSA and the airlines now. They go and they get special passports and give up biometrics so they could cut the line at the airport. Well, if the screening at the airport with the body scanners is supposed to protect us from terrorism, how is anyone allowed to cut the line whether they have biometrics on you or not? What, they can identify you better after you blow up a plane? Come on, see, use common sense, folks. None of it makes sense because it's all lies. It's all lies. So you give up all this biometric data just like... Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, tells you that data is gold. Data is more valuable than property. And anyone who controls the data controls the future. Because they can hack your mind, they can hack your thoughts, they can hack your actions. And once they put a brain chip in your head, they can hack anything they want. But so, this concept was problem, reaction, solution. Create the problem with bots, 
provoke the reaction by sending Musk out and saying we have to get rid of the bots and then offer the solution, which is we need to authenticate all humans. We're going to need whatever, your biometric data. And boom, everybody sucked into it. See how simple that is? All ties together, folks. Now, before I go too far out of the way, let me just show you this last article. This was one that would not pull up yesterday because this website, republicworld.com, was crashing. But this was on December 15, 2021, end of last year. And this was on Coinbase. Uh, we were talking about Blake Byers. So the article here was one of the investors behind Neuralink. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong announces new startup called New Limit to reverse aging process. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, along with Blake Byers, he's the one behind Neuralink, has founded a new company named New Limit in a bid to extend the human health span. And why this is important, and we will eventually jump into New Limit that has raised $150 million to kickstart its journey of chasing a healthy and pain-free life is because you have this guy from Coinbase, who I told you yesterday, digital currency, CBDC, central bank digital currency, will play a role in the metaverse lifestyle in which you will jump through hoops and your life will be gamified as you go into the metaverse, into the matrix, to complete tasks in order to earn tokens as your mind is generating energy to power the AI hive mind. All technology we're going to get into. And so, of course, this Coinbase guy would be involved, but I wanted to show you this yesterday because it was a double whammy that this guy is also involved with immortality does that not tie into ray kurzweil one of the godfathers of this modern technocratic movement one of the thinkers who injects all kinds of stuff into his body to try to repair his cells so he could make it to the next phase where they could put nanobots into their bloodstream to repair their body where he could make it to the next phase where he uploads his consciousness to the cloud and then could beam his brain his mind his thoughts down into other non-biological and biological suits as he puts it and dennis bushnell of nasa puts it and elon musk says will occur you see how it all comes together so you've got this blake byers who's behind Neuralink. you got alex tomas with the stormtroopers and getting on board with collecting biometric data to to analyze humans all these people behind Neuralink, the company that just wants to put a little brain chip down into your skull so that it could cure your paralysis or help you not be fat because you don't have the discipline to go on a diet and to go to the gym. And so these are the kind of people that are behind that project. And with Alex Tomas and his banner on his Twitter account of the stormtroopers, Maybe the stormtroopers he's referring to are these very people that he is involved with, partnered with, invested with in various of these technological prison planet technologies that are being designed and implemented in order to advance the transhumanist agenda, 
which is the agenda to end humanity all together. Do you get it? That's what these people are doing. So when they're talking about reversing aging and they're talking about immortality, that is for them, folks. They are not going to give 7.6 billion people on the planet Earth immortality when these same exact people have all their little nonprofits and philanthropic organizations designed to fight climate change pollution, lower the population, and attack humans for being damn dirty apes that pollute the planet with the very products that these same people design and sell to us in the stores. See, it's always problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, they provoke the reaction, they offer the solution. And then they make you believe that they're going to give you immortality when in fact, just like the people with paralysis with Neuralink, they're going to use you as a guinea pig to test their Frankenstein technologies to refine them until they are ready to use them on themselves Think about that for a minute, folks, because you are just a little guinea pig. You are a hamster on a wheel. So run on that wheel while I take a quick break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Welcome back, my fearless little natural life warriors. It is I, Dustin Gold, the architect of this universe, here at the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. We got caught back up and I finished uh, wrapping up the Elon Musk Neuralink stuff, which I wanted to do because I was a bit upset that I could not show you those articles. And on the fly yesterday, I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait for these to load. I'm just going to cover them tomorrow. So when the show ended and the websites finally loaded last night at 10 o'clock, I took a look at them and I said, yes, these articles are important and I do want to share them with you. And then we further demonstrated and illustrated the fact that Elon Musk is, in fact, a welfare queen and a partner of the United States government. I don't think we even have to bring that up much. It's proven that the people behind these companies, excuse me, the people behind these companies are working on behalf of the United States government through CIA, through DARPA, through NASA. And, And, I mean, we will further investigate that because there are, Dozens of shows I have outlined already in my trusty little notebook where I am going to talk about DARPA and technologies coming out of DARPA uh, and then showing you the commercialized private sector versions of those technologies and how they um, how they push them into these adoption campaigns to get the American consumer to accept them as cool, hip, and cutesy. But right now, we are going to start our dive into AI Foundation and a gentleman named Lars Butler who runs it. And I'm deciding on the fly here 
exactly how I want to present this information to you because it actually is all very, very important. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to first show you my connection to AI Foundation. We may, we might as well just, just tackle this in order of how this came onto my radar many, many years ago. As I mentioned to you uh, a few times on the show, I had a corporate entertainment comedy production business. And my specialty, loving politics, was that I developed and I managed political impersonators and I produced content, live content, video content, live shows uh, featuring political impersonators. So I had a Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Donald Trump, uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, George Bush, Mitt Romney, Newt Gingrich, uh, Sarah Palin, and many others. Then I had comedic versions of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the things that, that we would get calls for is to provide voiceovers for commercials, uh, animation projects, films, movies, because I also had a stable of voice impersonators that did like dead-on impressions of many of these political characters. We used to do voiceovers for Conan O'Brien's show, Jimmy Kimmel's show, Jimmy Fallon, David Letterman, uh, Jay Leno, Howard Stern, um, a lot of them. Uh, I mentioned before the New Yorker magazine had actually called me the Don King of the political impersonation business. So, without going into too much detail on that, you can ask me any questions you want at pain.tv and just hit me up in direct message. Um, let's just go back to February 26, 2018, 8 o'clock at night. I get an email from a gentleman named Rob Mallory uh, at AI Foundation. And I don't generally show this kind of stuff, but I have to hear because I need you to understand that the information I'm providing you uh, and my research on this technology came from the fact that I was almost pulled into a project with these gentlemen. But so Rob says, hi, Dustin, I found your info and I'm looking for a good Obama impersonator voice or video slash voice to work with us on a new project we're doing for personal artificial intelligence development. Remember, this is back in 2018. We need to hire celebrity impersonators to help train the video avatars of the first few AIs we are building. I think Ben Campbell or Ron Butler could potentially be great guys for us. So Ben Campbell is a really, really good voice impersonator. He's got a radio show out of Phoenix. And he did a lot of voices for me for Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel and Howard Stern. Ben does a dead-on uh, Barack Obama voice, like dead-on. Uh, actually, one time on a radio show, they uh, the host called Michelle Obama, uh, set up that interview, and then had him talking to Michelle, and she was blown away. I mean, Ben was uh, phenomenal. Or Ron Butler. And Ron is uh, an actor out of Los Angeles, one of the most professional um, 
uh, actors, entertainers I've ever worked with. He's now doing um, audiobooks. He's got a very successful audiobook business and training seminar. So if you're interested in becoming an audiobook actor, I'd look him up on social media because he is really one of the top guys right now. So they were looking at uh, Ben, and, and Ron would actually do um, uh, Barack Obama for me live um, on stage. And he was less of kind of the way my other impersonators were, were more comedic SNL interpretations of the characters. Ron was more of this Broadway Obama. Very good. He could sing. He could dance. Uh, really great at delivering uh, comedy. Uh, so go on here. It says, quick and dirty is that we are a software startup, AI Foundation, based in Las Vegas and development office in San Francisco. We are actively building personal AI agents. We call them mind twins. And again, I tried to share this information a while back with Allison McDowell. Uh, who many of you want me to have on the show. I, I tweeted her. I gave her this information because she was talking about mind twinning. She would ignore me. She would poo-poo it. Um, and, and I tried to share it with her. Some additional details going on into the email. Some additional details. Our first product launch will be a celebrity mind twin. Obama, Donald Trump, Oprah, Kim Jong-un, etc. Eventually, we will have therapists, lawyers and also individual people will train their own personal ai mind twin some black mirror stuff to be sure but so far the feedback has been resoundingly quote not as creepy end quote you see he mentions black mirror stuff and he's got a little smiley face emoji because remember, he's approaching me. I own a comedy business. It was called it was William Gold Entertainment, and the comedy troupe I had that did the political stuff was called Politico's Comedy Brigade. And our slogan was, we are nonpartisan, but we can be for a fee. And so the idea, we would work for Republicans, Democrats, different groups, whatever. We just provided entertainment. So people wanted... Uh, our live comedy written and slanted to the left or written and slanted to the right. We would do that. I wrote a lot of content with my former business partner as well as with a good friend of mine, Tim Waters, who played Bill Clinton since 1992. He was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno over 200 times. He's performed all over the world. He was in the Naked Gun movies and such. But you see, he mentions the Black Mirror stuff the same way Elon Musk mentioned it at his Gertrude the Pig uh product launch because they have to try to soften the blow they know in your head you're thinking black mirror or you're thinking matrix so they just say it like musk on joe rogan said yeah it's like the matrix where you'll be able to just upload a program into your head and in a minute you can speak another language so they soften the blow because they utilize the predictive programming that they were involved with through these movies because it was already put into your brain. It was put into your lexicon. So you go, holy shit, this sounds like the matrix. So before you can come out and go, Oh, this is dangerous. They go, yeah, does it sound like the matrix? Yeah, it is. Smiley face emoji, smiley face emoji. Let's get back to this to get an idea of the technology we are building. You could check out the Obama face technology. The lead researcher is an advisor with AI foundation, and it's a link to an article at theverge.com with an AI fake video audio speech using Obama. Now I will eventually 
break down the professors out of the Max Planck Institute in Germany and some of the other stuff that was going on on a Seattle uh, on another episode. It's not as important right now because it's complicated, it's twisted, but I can show the origins of the technology coming out of various universities funded through government grants, by the way. Uh, yeah, of course. This is this, this is where the real think tanking comes from. So you see a lot of these projects are started out of the universities utilizing these professors and their students and then they're passed on to companies like AI Foundation and stuff that Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and others run. I told you. And then that's how they bring these into the public view. The time commitment would likely be in one to two hour training sessions until we get to a nice level of video audio, maybe 20 total recommended hours. We've also loved to have someone who can help drive an Obama avatar during investor pitches, etc., and some subsequent maybe one hour per month to fine tune in the future. Okay, so what they were doing, and this will probably come up because I'm going to go through the email string. I, I'm going to I'm sharing like real life non-public intelligence with you. Uh, but I will tell you, so basically what they wanted to do was they wanted Ben, who does the voiceover, to sit in a room and basically he was going to read from all kinds of books and record his voice as Obama into this software. And then that was going to be used to create a library of of a vocabulary, sort of a spoken word vocabulary as Barack Obama that then could be used to develop what was called this deep fake audio profile so that they can load various scripts into the Obama AI and then that Obama would speak and sound exactly like Obama, but it would be based on Ben's voice. And then what he's talking about was someone to drive the uh, video. What they were going to do is they were going to utilize uh, another guy I represented named Reggie Brown or Ron Butler and scan their face and then use their face turned into a wireframe, basically a CGI computer-generated image create a wireframe and a digital version of Obama utilizing my actors to train the real-life Obama skin they were going to create. And then they were going to be able to merge the voice with the video and then power that for real-life presentations. I know, it sounds crazy, but this is actually what they were doing. And this, I mean, this is what I'm showing you right here. And then that would go on. They would continue to train and refine. And then we were actually told by Rob Mallory, it might be in one of the emails, that at a certain point, Barack Obama was going to come in and help finish training this system over a couple-day period, but he could not commit the full you know, 30, 40, 50 hours that was needed to train it. And that's when I said, wait, why would Barack Obama want to be involved with this? Why would he want a digital deepfake AI brain of himself running around? And that's what made me look into the CEO, Lars Butler. And then I discovered all the stuff he was involved with at the highest levels, including Donald Trump's White House. But uh, let's finish this email. We would like to start recording in the next week, and we could fit it into your schedule whenever it made uh It made sense. Ideally, we'd be doing this in Las Vegas. I'd love to discuss the project in more detail if it's something that is interesting to Ben or Ron. I'm at blah, 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 and it's his email and phone number. Looking forward to speaking with you soon.
And so, just so you know, in the end, Ben Campbell said, hell no, I'm not doing this. It sounds crazy. This is creepy. It probably is backed by the CIA or something. Ben is not a stupid guy. He is not naive. And so we did not end up doing the project. But when I get back from this break, I'm going to show you a little further into this conversation before we actually delve into AI Foundation and the public information that's available and to show you where they are in their quest for mind-twinning in today's world. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold. Actually, it is not me. This is only a digital AI projection powered by a mind twin of myself. The real Dustin is doing important things like laying in bed eating a box of Twinkies. And I'm here doing the hard work. But that's what digital twins are for. They're here to do the hard work for us that we don't want to do ourselves. Or at least that's what they tell us. So let me jump right back into this. I am showing you my communications with Rob Mallory of AI Foundation. And here, this is interesting because you can see how these kind of deals come together when you're secretly being recruited by some CIA front company. So I wrote Rob back two minutes after he emailed at 7.59 p.m. I emailed back at 8.01 p.m. That's just how I am. Let me read through this and get right back to you. I'm on a call right now. Thanks. Now, see, my digital mind twin could have wrote that email. I wouldn't even have had to do it. But no, I like doing work. So Rob writes back, sounds good. And then later that evening, I said, just got a chance to review. Can we talk on the phone tomorrow as I have some questions? Once I understand the job requirements, I can make the right artist recommendation and provide a quote. It's just how I work, folks. And I had different artists that were that were better at different things, so... I really like to um, to provide the right artist to the client. As someone who represented these artists, but also represented the client, it was kind of a, a business where I had two sets of clients, one the artist, one the end user. So uh, I write back to him, hey, Rob, I just clicked on the link, and I actually know that technology. I was watching videos on it last year. We definitely want to be involved with this. If it's voice only, then Ben is who you want. His voice is almost dead on and also does a very good Trump. Let's talk tomorrow. I've had some meetings in the AM, but I'm free most of the rest of the day. So Rob writes back, sounds good. I'm available after 1030. And then I said, Rob, Dawn at Dog and Pony Show just reached out. I spoke with her a little bit and then realized it's the same project. I told her that I'll speak with you and then we can all connect. What time zone are you on? Rob said, sweet. Yeah, I met John at Dog and Pony last week. And we'll likely do the core recording sessions at Dog and Pony Show or the voice actor studio here in Las Vegas. So this is where they were going to actually record all of the voices. So I said, uh, you're uh, in Las Vegas. 
Hi, Dustin. Sorry, just saw this. I'm on a sprint planning call right now. Should be free. And then it goes on and on. I say I spoke to Ben. have to do another call. And then eventually we did a call with Ben. So I want to get to this, which is the core training. And I'm sharing this with you because I really want you to see what goes into this. Unfortunately, on the screen, you're not going to see this. So just hold on. There's a a break going on in here, the way the email is showing up. But he says, cool, I'm working on drafting an agreement that should serve as a good starting point for the type of agreement we are discussing. Here's a rough baseline idea of time commitment. Again, folks, this is the beginning. You're looking at very valuable intelligence that I am providing for you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you're getting this for free. I don't know any other podcasters that, that were involved at this level in the very beginning phases of artificial intelligence mind twinning. And again, I tried to give this information to Allison McDowell uh, because she talks about mind twinning. I mean, I, I had no idea what it was back in 2018. I was not really on top of this. I was looking at deep fake video technology as a way for my artists to be able to make money because I saw coming down the pike that live artistry was going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. And I mean, this is not how I got hooked up with Rob, but I was aware of this technology a year prior, as I mentioned to him, because I was actually looking at it as a way to make money for my artists and stay ahead of the curve because I saw that they were going to eventually be replaced. So Rob says, here's a rough baseline idea of time commitment. One, core training. For the Mind Twins core training, uh, you agree to participate in 10 to 20 hours Mind Quest quest sessions of one to two hours each during an initial training period of up to two weeks from the commencement of your agreement. AI Foundation will work with you to coordinate and schedule your Mind Quests at mutually convenient times and locations. So I, I'm, I'm literally negotiating with a guy who's talking about hiring my artists to do a mind quest to help build their mind twin. Two, live education. For the mind twins live education, you agree to participate in one to two mind quest sessions of 20 to 30 minutes each per week during following core training. AI Foundation will work with you to facilitate the Mind Twins live education and provide you with the ability to conduct such sessions remotely and at times convenient for you. For example, from the comfort of your own home or while you're on the road and fit them into your busy schedule. Right? So this is this is the amount of work that goes into the early phases of one of these technologies. And so my guy, looking back at this in hindsight, was going to be a guinea pig for AI Foundation, which I believe is going to be one of the driving softwares behind sucking and processing the data that comes out of your head via Elon Musk Neuralink or one of the other competitors. Number three, demo driving. For the Mind Twins demo driving, you agree to participate in one-hour investor demonstrations of the Mind Twin and be a, quote, human in the loop, end quote, to interject responses as appropriate if when the technology is unable to build the correct response to a question, 
I'll go back to that. Give me a second. AI Foundation will work with you to facilitate the Mind Twin demonstration and schedule at times that are mutually agreeable for all parties. So what they were doing, I've talked to you about bridge technologies, like the fourth industrial revolution, which is the bridge between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era, you have the fourth industrial revolution. So what he's talking about with human in the loop is that in the beginning phases, when they have this deep fake video synthetic version of say, let's just say Barack Obama on the screen, the responses that Barack Obama, the puppet, is going to make to the real-life person asking the questions will ideally be pulled directly from the AI brain that they're building based on the life experiences and knowledge of the real Barack Obama. But in some cases, in the early phases, the technology will not be able to pull an answer. Therefore, human in the loop would be Ben Campbell, the voice actor, jumping in to provide a real-life answer that feeds through the mouth of the deepfake video. See how that works? So that's what human in the loop is. So they're using the human to fill the... First off, they're using the human to train the system, the AI brain. And then they're going to use the human to fill in the gaps where the AI makes a mistake until the point that the AI does it all. And what does that mean? And then the human is rendered useless. Now, it's such a micro level, but I'm going to bring Ben on and some other of my former colleagues in the comedy and voiceover world to talk about how their businesses are affected and are going to be more affected by the advent of this deepfake audio and deepfake video. Even Ron Butler, who does the uh, audiobooks, he's an audiobook narrator, very successful, is looking forward, uh, at inv- actually investing in, deepfake audio technologies because he believes that eventually he will be pushed out of the audiobook industry. He said a lot of the more prominent audiobook actors, the narrators, believe that they are safe and protected because AI will never be able to show emotion uh, and be able to project emotion through their voice. But from some of the technology I've looked at, that's not true. And Ron, who's a very, very intelligent guy, uh, also says that he does not believe that's true, and therefore he's trying to utilize some of the money he's making to make investments in the technologies in which he believes will eventually replace him so that he can hopefully still make money. You see, one of the things I talked to uh, with a friend of mine the other day, they had sent me, oh, let me mark that down real quick. They had sent me an interview Uh, with the Rich Dad, Poor Dad podcast. And I forgot the guest that was on there. And they said to me, oh, look, it's great. There's other people finally talking about the World Economic Forum outside of the, you know, Whitney Webb, Jason Burma's bubble. And I watched the interview. And in the end, the guy who was on there and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they're investors, right? So they were talking about investing in Bitcoin and these other technologies, Well, right now, we have reached the point of diminishing returns because if you want to build uh, wealth, build wealth within the matrix we live in today, you are essentially forced 
to have to invest in these type of technologies that are going to replace you. If you're a truck driver and you see autonomous vehicles and autonomous trucks that are going to replace you in a year, two, three, four years from now, you start investing your 401k into autonomous trucking companies. It's stuff that you know. So now you've reached that point of diminishing returns because now you're investing in the very technology that is going to replace you. And that's where we're at in this matrix. If you become a programmer, you are sitting there and programming software that's eventually going to replace you. And it's just the way it is. I don't know how we get around it. But that's why part of why I wanted to show you this because you're seeing me, Dustin, the talent manager, Dustin, the comedy, uh, comedy developer, Dustin, the uh, entertainment producer, communicating with a company that I had no idea who they were at this time. I was just looking at it as a chance to pick up a good job for one of my artists, which was my responsibility. But as you see, I'm sitting here actually communicating with what later I realized was going to be a software to help steal your thoughts and store your life and your memories on the AI HiveMind cloud. But now you're seeing, just through my communications, which I was at the lowest level of this, someone like me, a regular person, it was like, hey, we can make some money on this. We're going to jump in and help train this mind twin through a mind quest session. So you see how easy it is for these technocrats to draw regular people into helping develop the prison planet technologies that they want to create and deploy. And that's it in the emails. I'm going to show you a little more when we come back, and then we'll start jumping in to the AI Foundation. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv right here inside of the Matrix. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold here, commander of the Dustin Gold Standard, and one of the trainers of the Artificial Intelligence Foundation's Mind Twin software. Folks, I just pulled up something really interesting that i want to show you i I wouldn't normally do this but i think it really really ties in because we were talking about investors yesterday and money and how much flows into these projects and the fact that in the end they really have endless amounts of money because they're funded through investors that are backed by the cia and the government and such and so They utilize the money, the monopoly money, the food coupons that come from the government to get people like me and you on board to help them build their crazy little prison planet. So I just show you quickly. I mean, this came from me to him. Rob went over this with Ben all morning. Here's his offer. Now, Ben 
uh, at one time made quite a bit of money. And so he, he didn't really want to be involved with this project unless it paid well. So let me show you. Pricing. Phase one core training. $10,000 up front includes 20 hours of session recording. Additional session time will be billed at $500 an hour. Phase two, live education. Remember, the phase one was core training, live education, then the demo drive, which was the, the human standing in for the AI when it makes mistakes. So phase two, live education, we wanted $500 an hour. Phase three, demo driving, $1,000 per investor meeting, max of 75 minutes. Additional time will be billed at $250 per quarter hour. Let's see, additional session time will be billed at minimum of one hour per session. Partial hours will be round up to the next full hour. Additional investor meeting time will be billed at a minimum of a quarter hour. Partial quarter hours will be round up to the next full quarter hour. Then we have a demo buyout, $5,000 up front for unlimited use and perpetuity of Ben's voice for internal demo purposes, including but not limited to investor meetings, sales meetings, internal training, internal industrial purposes, research and development, internal pitches, internal presentations, and internal business plans. Now, folks, I throw out big Back in the day, I told you I was known as the Don King of the political impersonation business. So I would throw out big numbers, especially if I knew I had a client like AI Foundation with their connections to the government on the hook. I'd throw out, I didn't really mess around. I wasn't selling $100 birthday party clowns. Live buyout, $100,000 buyout for unlimited use in perpetuity of Ben's voice if this product demo is ever to go live to public or be used for public presentations, including but not limited to live presentations such as TED Talks, public video presentations, public demos, trade shows, retail purposes, integration into consumer products, open source public use, and public internet demos. See how I did it? $100,000 they give us if they want to use it for TED Talks because I already saw that this could be utilized for uh, exactly what it's being utilized for today. Uh, if Ben's voice is replaced by the real Barack Obama's voice prior to the public release of the product demo, then uh, we will waive this fee. So I told you that they told us the real Barack Obama was going to come in and actually train the system when we were done or help refine the system. So that's why I had that note on there. Commission, 10% agency fee on top of all talent fees, no fee on top of travel or studio fees. So that would be, you'd put my uh, 10% agency agency commission on top of all those fees. That's how I would make my money. Billing, you shall keep a credit card on file with us, which we will charge at the end of each session once we exceed the initial 20-hour package. And that's just how I roll. So let's see what he came back and said. Eventually, I told you, we did not do this project for a couple reasons. One, they didn't want to fork out enough money to make Ben uh, gamble doing a project for the CIA and then being killed, (laughs) which was definitely something we discussed internally. Uh, Once I did research into this company, uh, you know, as his agent, I definitely informed him of my thoughts based on my knowledge of the government and these type of projects. But it says right here from Rob, hey, Dustin, thanks for sending this and putting this together. I think we might be a bit out of our price tag for what we were looking to spend. Ideally, we'd be in the $10,000 cash with $10,000 in options equity for a total comp of $20,000 for around 60 hours of commitment over the course of probably two to three months. 
So they came back and they were willing to throw ten thousand cash at us and ten thousand dollars in options equity. So we we could have actually owned a piece of AI Foundation. In hindsight, uh, maybe that was a good idea for someone like Ben, but for me, I'm glad I didn't because then I would always be accused of being involved with AI Foundation, and that's probably how they would have kept me on a leash uh, over all these years. There's another project I'll eventually break down for you as well that we did work on for Tom Steyer of Next Gen Climate Change, who actually ran for president in 2020 on the Democrat ticket. And you'll see he's another billionaire who finances a lot of these projects. You'll see some really interesting stuff. So let's just go on. Uh, Rob says, I know this might not be feasible or doable, but unfortunately we're still in startup mode and cash is tight until next investment raise. The seed round options we'd be targeting would be valued at approximately 10000 now, and our best estimates are that they would be valued at thirty dollars to $35,000 upon Series A raise that we will begin in earnest once the demo is complete in next two months. We also wouldn't be in a position to do the demo or product buyouts. This is mostly a technology demo as discussed and doesn't really rely on my particular celebrity or voice talent. Uh, on any particular uh, celebrity or voice talent. We'd like to get the best available, but we also need to be mindful that this is the first iteration and mostly just a proof of concept of what the tech will become and not a product that will be launched in its final form. I completely understand, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me talk this over with Ben. So what you're seeing is the behind the scenes of a negotiation for an actor to help train this mind twin software in its early stages as this gentleman explains. And you're seeing, you know, for a voice actor or comedian, you're seeing some big numbers fly around there and a negotiation going back and forth. And I forgot, I actually could have ended up owning a piece of AI Foundation. Uh, let's just see real quick. Okay, cool. And this is Rob. This is Rob speaking back. I apologize for any miscommunication or anything when we chatted. We have raised a reasonable seed round in September for some amazing investors who are committed to following on in the next couple months. That being said, we've got an entire engineering team cranking on things and building some incredible software and cash is king right now. We're all sort of in startup mode with regards to cash comp. I had that combo with my wife the other day when you start a new venture for 25 to 30% of cash versus previous uh, company salary. Wives are apt to say such things, obviously. But what happens is these kind of people approach me over the years all the time, and they're running a startup, and they want you to get on board with their startup. But you're not in a startup. You have a business running, and your job is to sell comedians and make a commission on comedians. So I never would get myself drawn in to that kind of nonsense and then what we'll do is let me just see if there's anything important in here uh ben said he'll commit 60 hours over two to three months but he needs twenty thousand cash and ten thousand equity he said he's very busy right now and cannot commit without twenty thousand dollars cash that's what we came back and said and then what i did i want to show you this because this will become part of uh, probably the next show on AI Foundation. I said, Rob, there may be another opportunity for negotiation that Ben just ran by me after he finally finished watching, reading everything I sent to him. 
you said this was created by someone who works with you, correct? And this is a video demo of a deep fake. And at the time, I had mentioned to you, we were trying to get into the deep fake technology to be able to utilize deep fake to sell videos to corporate events. So for instance, let's say we were doing uh, LinkedIn's annual sales conference. I could sell them uh, a 60 second to you know two minute video, Barack Obama coming up on the screen saying, it's glad, uh, great to be at your event uh, here, blah, blah, blah. Make the people in the audience believe it's Obama. And then at the end, he says some crazy joke and basically unveils that it's not Obama. Uh, we could have probably sold that anywhere from you know, $2,500 to $10,000 per video. And then in the cases where people didn't want to hire one of my comedians to show up and spend the money on travel, they could book this and we could do the video using deepfake using Ben's voice. So that's what I'm pointing out to Rob. I say, how much work is involved in your creating an Obama virtual puppet like the one they keep using in this video? How much work is involved with making a Trump version? Once they are done with what is involved with inserting a voice, is it super special software? Can Ben just record a parody bit and then somewhat easily insert it into the virtual puppet? He asked because he might be willing to come down in price if he can have an Obama and Trump that he can insert his voice into for corporate event parody videos. That's something he can make cash off of. And so they come back, hi, Dustin. Let me get in touch with the team. We would need to figure out if this type of use fits with the overall concept and direction. The leader of the team who created this is an advisor, and we're building our tech in parallel to his, so we are not using this exact technology, but similar. And so this was actually a very, very interesting conversation, which this actually is very important. This is what led me years ago to start investigating into this deepfake video technology because I could not get one of the two or three engineers behind this. This company, this other uh, professor, Mateus, out of uh, Max Planck Institute, and a couple others interested in utilizing the deepfake video technology with Ben's voice to make $2,500 to $10,000 videos. And I said, God, through the agents I have, I could probably sell hundreds of these a year. We could do a 50-50 split with you. And I couldn't get them on the hook. So I started to say, when Rob responded, that it might not fit into what they're doing. I said, what are they really doing? Because it looks like they're just going to utilize this to basically create these little digital puppets. Well, what the hell are they doing with this technology? If they're not willing to partner with the best voice actor and make a 50% cut just by inserting the script and the voice that we write and record into the video. So it's actually, you know, very, very interesting here. So I say thanks. You know, Ben is very interested in trading services. If we can do something like this, I just didn't know how easy it was to make a virtual puppet for us and how hard it would be for us to plug in Ben's voice. Wasn't sure if the demo of President Obama was manually manipulated or if it was plug and play type of thing once it's created. They'd be for little funny corporate event and private party videos. He obviously sees the ability to make some money off that, so that's why he was thinking we could come up with a trade. He's not very interested in the equity because we'd have to do too much research to understand if it's actual value, if it has actual value, your business model, etc. And so 
then Rob finally comes back and he says, uh, the short answer is that the tech is not ready to be released for what he's describing. We need to make sure we build the protections against it uh, being improperly used. The two research teams behind the Obama tech and the Jimmy Kimmel, Carl Malone tech are both very aware of the potential dangers. And that we will show in uh, future videos as well. And I'm, This is pr uh, Professor Mateus out of the Max Planck Institute we're talking about. He says, we are actively working with them through our nonprofit arm to build tech that protects celebrities and public figures, right? That's, that's their whole... That's their whole thing. But they had to do something like that in order to get these public figures on board to upload their consciousness into the Mind Twin software, which we are going to review shortly. Uh, he, he continues, it is this two-pronged approach that we are taking that will hopefully allow for the good to outweigh the negative as the technology continues to improve over next several years. This stuff is all happening extremely quickly. See, again, folks, this is inside information. Let's definitely discuss what Ben is thinking in more detail, but there's a bigger picture at play, a bigger picture at play that we need to be mindful of and very careful. Not to reiterate, but the platform we are building is only going to be released when we know it is safe and can be used in a positive and non-abusive manner. Mind twinning yourself is not, uh, not abusive, by the way. Uh, what they're doing is not abusive. Making funny videos, that could be abusive. You know what Spider-Man's Uncle Ben says about great power? Right? That's how he ends it. He says, you know what Spider-Man's Uncle Ben says about great power? These are the guys building the Mind Twins software that will replicate your mind in the AI hive mind neocortex cloud. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Folks, this is Klaus Schwab of the Force Industrial Revolution. And we would like to thank Dustin Gould for almost being involved with the AI Foundation and helping to upload his comedians' minds into the AI cloud. But folks, we're going through the emails right now that I had back in 2018, back and forth with the AI Foundation and one of its employees, Rob Mallory, who we will feature on here soon i just flipped through the emails i, I was going to stop with them but i think it is important for me to continue um going down this email chain because there is some important information inside here and again this is real inside intelligence that i am providing to you never published so uh, let me just, uh, let me pull it back up here and let's see. So I write him back. Remember, he tells me that uh, they can't provide us with the digital puppets of Obama and Trump. So I say, Rob, understandable, but basically kills what Ben had in mind. He was thinking $10,000 cash and a Trump and Obama that he could use for parody videos and possibly less cash if you could make a Clinton and Bush as well. 
uh, we wanted puppets of all all those guys made for corporate events. Is there any way you'd be interested in making a deal where we'd get the work, record the audio, and you'd process the final video render on your end? That way, you'd have the ability to protect what goes into the mouth, you know, which would alleviate his concerns on us abusing uh, politicians and uh, celebrities. We'd only be doing videos that are based on comedic material, and we'd have a disclaimer at the end of every video saying something like, thank you for watching a Ben Campbell comedy video. We will not be doing any political ads or anything designed to deceive the viewer. We aren't looking to start a world war. (laughs) Which, it's funny, because when this technology came out and was first showcased, a lot of people believed that it would be used to start a world war. I never believed it would be used to start a world war. I thought it was going to be introduced into the lexicon so that people would not believe anything they hear and see. I had a quote a long time ago on a show that if you cannot um, fool the people 100% of the time, or if you cannot make the people believe you 100% of the time, make them disbelieve you 100% of the time, and in the end, they will eventually retreat and surrender. And so you will reach the same objective you will hit the same goal and so i never believed it would be used to start a world war although i am going to get into this in probably episode two or three of lars butler the fact that there have been videos that circulated over the last couple years of people like anthony fauci where you would see his neck uh scrambling uh and becoming pixelated on the news and people believe those were deep fake videos I personally um, do not put that past them. I've questioned many times why they are filming Joe Biden on a set outside of the White House. Uh, the set would be easier to duplicate in deepfake type videos. I believe uh, there could be celebrities and others already using deepfake mind twin technology. Uh, for interviews, for celebrity personalized videos. Um, I do not put that past them at all. I mean, why would they be developing this technology? And you will see celebrities like Richard Branson, who are actually already allowing AI Foundation to use their likeness, their voice, and their mind twins to develop apps and such around their image. So why would I not believe that they could use one of these on television with an interview with Anthony Fauci. Why wouldn't I believe that some of the talking heads we see on TV from Anderson Cooper to Tucker Carlson could be deepfake AI mind twin projections? I mean, why not? Why? I mean, if they have the technology, why would they not use it? Let me just go on with these emails because I think this is very, very valuable. In fact, this is so valuable. This stuff should have been probably put out on the hot wire pain.tv's highest level because this is personal personal information personal intelligence so rob since you know the industry is there someone within this community who you think would be interested in working with us on getting corporate videos going with ben's super accurate voices we only want to do presidents starting with trump and obama covers both right and left leaning markets as the celebrity market isn't fair to the celebrity we don't want to and won't touch that market so 
this is interesting because I'm going at the time. Remember, I don't really know who AI Foundation is and who's behind it. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't really know where they're going with this technology. And so here I'm asking them uh, as a way to alleviate their concerns and startup mode of spending too much cash up front to trade us for something that would be of value to us in trade for us providing the voiceovers to um, to train their system. And so for you to see that they keep rejecting this in what was supposed to be a company that was going to make money off doing this deepfake technology, I think it's very important because you could actually start to see what their motives were going all the way back to my communications in 2018. Uh, I say it's a very simple process. One, I get the client job. Two, our comedy writer interviews the client and then writes the custom script. Three, Ben records the audio. Four, Ben sends the audio to the engineer. Five, the engineer does their magic and sends the rendered video to us. Six, we add the bumpers and overlays on our end. Seven, we send to the client. I'm not an expert. So I'm still not 100% sure how this works. I know some teams, Stanford and Munich, uh, those are two different universities that were working with deepfake technology, are using a webcam to capture the actor's face, which manipulates the target face. And I put the video in there. And others, University of Washington, seem to be doing it by dropping in the audio file alone, which then manipulates the target face. The video you shared with us of Obama. Again, still not sure how much work goes into creating the initial target. So as you can see, I kind of know what I'm talking about back then. Um, You see why I'm so interested in this type of technology today and why I've gone on to investigate this type of technology because I was introduced to it through my work and then got more into it later when I realized that this technology was being utilized to build a future prison planet and to create AI twins of real life humans that will eventually replace us Uh, i go on to say all of the demos i've seen and i've only watched a limited number seem to be either a transferring audio from the source video to the target video the obama video you shared with us or b manipulating the target video using the source actor but with no sound ben can bring these to life with his voices there is money to be made in the corporate entertainment market and it's a great way to introduce this technology to the world and not a in a uh, not so creepy way so at this point so i was selling him trying to sell him this guy was probably a multimillionaire. i'm trying to sell him on uh allowing us to use that technology because we needed it for our purposes but it would help them create comedy videos to help normalize their technology you see i was actually trying to sell him on the idea of helping them normalize this stuff so i'm actually glad that i never got involved but you see my my salesmanship there i should have been like trump i should have called him hey listen here's the deal we're gonna make it great it's not gonna be creepy so incredible no one likes creepy i like creepy everybody likes creepy but no one likes creepy so great so great it's gonna be so fantastic so i got to say um if you can connect us with one of the engineers who might be interested in having a little side business, which will definitely generate cash for them, Ben would be more than happy to work with you on the price on your project. He's excited to be involved, but very busy, which is why he's standing firm on the $20,000 cash if we can't strike a deal on the corporate videos. I would imagine we can make something happen. 
this is really what we're interested in and we think we can be a major asset to any of the engineering groups who would be willing to partner with us on this ben has a lot of film tv radio audio credits and so he'd be a great actor to use for demos as well if we are benefiting by being able to sell corporate videos ben would be willing to invest time into making demos for whatever group is willing to work with us any ideas on how to make this happen so i just want you to see i keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and eventually what happens is let me just see i i go further with this and i end up saying the you know ben uh, or sorry rob sorry to keep sending over emails question for you are you more focused on building the ai backbone see now i start fishing for information here because i at this point, I remember now, I was starting to do research on this company and now deciding with Ben if we actually ever wanted to be involved with this because it was starting to be a little bit creepy when I read into Lars Butler. So I say, question for you, are you more focused on building the AI backbone for the facial manipulation coming from this company? So what I'm asking the AI backbone is what I was calling the mind twin back then, which is essentially you uploading your consciousness into the cloud, which then your digital brain, your AI brain becomes the backbone, the heart, the soul of the digital deep fake face the digital puppet that we wanted access to so i'm asking him that if so now i understand why you're saying you're working in parallel with the munich stanford team i think they are affiliated with this company and i, I have a link to a video that would make sense why you can't really make the deal we're asking for is it's not really in line with what you're working on and so then he goes on, uh, says he'll jump on a call, and he says he's uh, pretty open anytime. Uh, in response to your previous email, I don't think Mateus, that is out of the uh, Max Planck Institute, and his face-to-face -face team are associated with Visage, but I sent a note to our CEO to double-check. So he's writing to Lars Butler who we're going to get into and asking him. Long story short, he says, on this is that we're not really focused on that part that you were focused on, the puppet creation, the manipulation, the face-to-face -face clone, and accompanying audio creation syncing. Yes, we are building that too, and it is definitely a fairly gnarly technical problem, but it's not our end result. What we're working on is analogous to building an F-35 and the puppet stuff is the engine. Sure, the engine is super important, but the engine doesn't fly without the plane and vice versa. The entire AI system, the fighter plane, is the tough part. Let me read that back to you folks. Again, this is high-level intel from a top bigwig at AI Foundation who is creating the mind-twinning software it will eventually be the, the cloud storage for your AI twin. He says, and I got this out of him, folks. What we're working on is analogous to building an F-35. And the puppet stuff is the engine. That's the deep fake. Sure, the engine is super important, but the engine doesn't fly without the plane and vice versa. The entire AI system, the fighter plane, is the tough part. 
Think about that, folks. I was able to draw that out of AI Foundation back in 2018, where they admit to building the fighter plane of the artificial intelligence mind twin. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to Pain.tv, and I will be right back after this short commercial break. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv all right folks you just got an inside view inside intelligence directly from a big wig at the ai foundation and they are building the mind twin software And so you just got an inside look, an inside look at a negotiation in which they were trying to hire me and my voice actors to work on training their Mind Twin software through a program they called the Mind Quest, the Mind Quest. And so what we are going to do as this this series unfolds on AI Foundation and Lars Butler. And let me just pull this up for the pain.tv video audience. Uh, yesterday, I briefly walked you through the AI Foundation website to just, to just whet your appetite. And I hope this email chain back from 2018, this inside information, helped whet your appetite for what is to come over the next couple of episodes. And I really want you to understand that this is real. Okay, so on the screen, I have pulled up the team behind AI Foundation. And this is not some goofy little CGI company, some video game company, some animation company. This is the real deal. These guys are now working with Peter Thiel of Palantir, working with Palantir, which was started with NQTEL CIA money. And this gentleman here in the center of the screen with the bald head that looks like a Bond villain is Lars Butler, L-A-R-S, last name Butler, B-U-T-T-L-E-R. And you can look him up if you want to, or you can just wait over the next few shows as we cover Lars Butler and AI Foundation and the technologies they're developing in depth. But I wanted to show you right here. We're on AIFoundation.com. We're looking at the leadership. Lars Butler, head of Metaverse and Strategy. Head of Metaverse and Strategy. And as we go down here, I'm just flipping through this. I'm not going to mention every person, but I will go through this tomorrow. We will start to go through the players. We had head of AI talent, Rob Mallory. That's who I was communicating with. Let's just look at his bio quickly on the AI Foundation website. Rob Mallory, head of AI talent. Rob has been building elite software teams for nearly 20 years and is AI Foundation's VP of talent. Rob has worked in all facets of the recruiting industry and his focus is always on the people 
Great people build great companies. He is excited to help from a team of the finest engineers, researchers, scientists, and product experts while developing and promoting AI Foundation's unique, quote, AI first, end quote, culture. Rob sits on multiple volunteer boards for workforce innovation, future of work, and education initiatives. He graduated with a BS in biology from University of Las Vegas. Mallory is convinced that his team will be the last he will build, and he's looking forward to becoming a high-profile watercolor artist as soon as the robots take over. You see, this is Rob. He's got to be funny, but why would he be doing watercolors when the AI and robots could do it better than him? But uh, that is Rob. That's who I was communicating with. He is on the leadership team. Now, I want to show you quickly a couple other people that sit on this team because it's very, very important. Uh, Let me just show you this. This is the Global AI Council. And on that team is Dr. Matthias uh, Nesnir. He is the one who was working on the deepfake video technology out of the Max Planck Institute. And so now he sits on the Global AI Council. We knew that back from the emails in 2018. Deepak Chopra is involved, a TV celebrity. Uh, Biz Stone, he's a big investor. And we'll get into all of these. But ready? Here we go. IronNet Cybersecurity, general retired Keith Alexander. Let's look at this. Now, this guy's sitting on the board of AI Foundation, the company focused on building mind twins. The company now working with Palantir, which is a CIA puppet company. Right? So, Keith Alexander, who happens to be a business partner of Lars Butler on other projects, including Ironet Cybersecurity. But let me read this to you. General Keith Alexander is the founder and CEO of IronNet Cybersecurity, Inc. General Alexander was previously the highest ranked military official of the U.S. Cyber Command, the NSA, and the Central Security Service. He holds a BS from the U.S. Military Academy, an MS in Business Administration from Boston University, an MS in Systems Technology, Physics, and in National Security Strategy. Why is General Keith Alexander on the Global AI Council? Why is he involved with AI Foundation, a mind-twinning company that is going to be the software in which Elon Musk, Neuralink, and ships like that upload your consciousness to the cloud? Right? You have to ask yourself these questions. You really do. And so this guy who was the former head of the NSA, Keith Alexander, is involved with this. Now, let's take a look real quick at Lars Butler. Let me introduce you to him just quickly. Bird's eye view. Lars Butler, head of Metaverse and Strategy. Lars is the creator of Tryon Worlds. And with massively social, dynamic, AI-powered games like Rift and Trove, the most advanced artificial worlds on Earth. So, Lars was involved with video games, a company called Tryon Worlds. Lars is also chairman of Ben's U.S. National Cyber AI and Technology Council. 
Okay, so this guy's involved with National Cyber AI and Technology Council stuff, video games. He's also involved with Keith Alexander's company. I'm going to show you something that's going to knock your socks off in one second just to give you a little teaser as to where this eventually goes. But this guy who's in charge of mind twinning, who's working with Peter Thiel and Palantir, uh, he earned his Ph.D. optimization in nonlinear dynamic systems at TU Dartmouth, supervised by Paul uh, MIT and his MBA at Harvard. Now, let me just see if I can pull up. Okay, I can't pull this up because LinkedIn is stopping me from looking at it because I'm not logged in. But let me just see real quick if it's on Crunchbase. There's a little more information on Lars Butler that I want to give you. Let's see if it's here. He's a chairman at Madison Sandhill. Uh, Tryon Network, publisher and developers of entertainment games, helps uh, helps strategy for Tryon, uh, and he was also president for Global Online and Electric Arts. Um, no, there's some other things he's involved with too, which is not on that bio, but I will pull it up here. It is on the bio of. Are you ready for this? IP3. Now. If IP3 at IP3, number three, numerical three, international.com, IP3international.com, does not ring a bell to you, okay? IP3 just came up in the news after the raid at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Maria Albanese and Mike Moore got into it a few Fridays ago on the Thomas Paine podcast. Maria and I deeply researched IP3 years ago after my 2018 email conversation with Rob Mallory of the AI Foundation because because we were looking into Lars Butler and his connections to this technocracy, we stumbled upon IP3. And IP3, in short, is a program where we were going to sell U.S. nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia and then move the waste product over to Russia. And Michael Flynn, in his first and only 20 days at the Trump White House, was involved with IP3, which was later investigated in 2019 by the late Elijah Cummings, a congressman, his committee, And now this information is coming back up after the Trump raid being connected to espionage. Not that I believe anyone attacking Trump. Not that I believe Trump himself. Not that I care about any of that. Because I believe it's all a show to distract and probably set Trump back up to run uh, in 2024 as an outsider. But the fact that all of a sudden Lars Butler, this guy behind mind twinning and video games is what on the board of ip3 he's a director of ip3 which is set out to sell nuclear technology to saudi arabia and when we get into the documents on this later later i have to get through ai foundation before we get into ip3 we will show you 
communications that were going on showing that Michael Flynn and others were going to get commissions to use their power inside of the White House to sell this nuclear technology in the form of nuclear reactors to Saudi Arabia. Well, on IP3, who does Lars Butler sit on this board with? Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA. The same exact one who was sitting on Lars Butler AI Foundation board. Do you see how this all comes together? And now Lars Butler, there is information about him uh, involved with, oh yes, he was involved with the Carlisle Group. He served as an associate director for leveraged buyouts at the Carlisle Group. And as founding president of Wingcast Europe and Signet, a joint venture, blah, 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 blah. You know, so you could see this guy is involved with a lot of things. And now all of a sudden, he's sitting on the board of this cutesy AI foundation that I'm introducing you to. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you this video really quick. And I'm not going to interrupt, believe it or not. But I want to show you this video before we end the show, because this is a video that AI Foundation has featured on their website in one of the latest articles, and this is basically the CGI sort of deep fake puppets that utilize deep fake vocal voices, which are the bridge between us real humans and whatever is coming in the future they always need to skin them make them look like humans right now to get them to be adopted by us because we go oh it just looks like us sounds like us it's so cool they're mimicking us i want you to see this video it's really important and this will set us up for the next episode of the dust and gold standard on ai foundation and lars butler let's look right now hi i'm viola I'm excited to show you the results of our game-changing research into humanizing AI. Autonomous animation enables digital people like me to take input from the environment and respond in real time. And you heard her say humanizing AI, making it look like a human, but humanizing it so it's not creepy and so that you will adopt it. You get it? So that you will adopt the technology. They're normalizing it, humanizing it. We've now significantly enhanced my ability to respond emotionally, give great eye contact, and react to my changing environment. This makes for a truly engaging interaction. I was made in the groundbreaking digital DNA blender and effortlessly launched using our DDNA studio with only a few clicks. My identity and personality were crafted by blending features like skin texture and tone, face shape, eye color, voice, language, and of course, hair. Now, in minutes, anyone can create a unique, high-quality digital person that embodies the soul of a brand. And for those of you in the audio-only version, you really should go on pain.tv slash gold and join for uh, $8.50 a month, get access to the video shows and to the community. It operates just like uh, Facebook and Twitter. And you, you could watch this because this is uh, mind-blowing stuff. I mean, they have people that look pretty real. The mouths aren't moving yet. You can hear from the voice that it still doesn't have a lot of emotion, but they are moving this stuff forward. It's literally 
a click and play and literally drag the nose out, open the cheeks, and it's all easy for anyone to manipulate and create something that looks almost exactly like a person and that is getting very close to actually moving like a human being. And they can do it using the most advanced AI, CGI, and autonomous animation technology in the market today. And now we have some cutting-edge new features that my digital friend Sam will tell you about. Thanks Viola. After years of research, I'm excited to announce new features in Soul Machine's Human OS that unlock the emerging field of humanized AI. Soul Machines and Humanized AI. See, everything is pulled back. Well, we don't have a soul. Didn't Yuval Harari tell you, you do not have a soul. Humans have no soul. But AI now has a soul. Through the soulmates. They're so cute and cuddly, aren't they? They're going to humanize them. While these technocrats tell you, you do not have a soul, but their little AI puppets do. So welcome to the revolutionary next generation of dynamic content awareness and interaction. We've created an immersive world that elevates content and allows people to focus on what's most important. We've supercharged my awareness of the dynamic content around me. By using gestures and gaze direction, I ensure high caliber messaging gets the attention it deserves. Thanks to years of research we're making the leap from facial gestures to fully embodied gestural performance. I'll be able to use my whole body to communicate from head to toe. And all the while I'm serving brand new cinematic cuts that boost focus and direct attention. Best of all, it happens autonomously, in real time, without writing a single line of code. We're proud of how far we've come and excited to bring technology to life. Now, folks, what you're not seeing if you're on audio only, I'm telling you, it's creepy. It's getting there. This is probably one of the best demos of a CGI-created human being. And they, as they said, are being powered by these uh, sort of AI brain backbones eventually to be a mind twin so they'll be able to make duplicates of you and me. But that specific company is actually focused on marketing themselves to the commercial world so that you'll start to see these AI projections being utilized in stores, in commercials. The voices will be heard on the radio. And eventually what's going to happen, like I said, we are engineering ourselves out of existence, just like in my conversation with Rob Mallory on behalf of Ben Campbell, we were willing to negotiate a deal in order to work on that project, knowing what was coming down the pike, that we were eventually going to be uh, erased from doing live events, and that we could make money doing these deepfake videos for companies. And Ron Butler, who you know I told you was looking at investing in uh, deepfake audio technology in case he ever gets replaced, or Rob Mallory was making the joke about being replaced and eventually... Uh, doing uh, watercolor paintings. And so now we're looking at this human AI robot deepfake projection that will eventually be used to replace actors. And then with the other technologies they have, uh, which are like these holographic machines, you literally might have a holograph uh, 
a hologram inside of a mall, inside of a store that looks like a person walking around that could do product demos and humans get replaced. And then eventually it'll work autonomously, meaning there is no human controller behind it anymore. And see, now they want to take your thoughts, your memories, your life, and upload it into their AI cloud so that they can create digital projections of you. That's how they're selling it. You'll see with AI Foundation as we get into it, they are selling it to you and me. That why have to be involved with the mundane tasks of life? Why not just create a mind twin of yourself? Let the mind twin go on Zoom and do your work, do your presentations. You'll see what Deepak Chopra is doing with his mind twin. He has a health app. He's not even on it. The mind twin does it. And then that way you could lay around in your bed and eat cornflakes all day, munch on Rice Krispie treats while your AI slave does all of your work. Yeah, right. If you think that that is what these people want to do for you, they're going to make you live forever. They're going to give you immortality so that you could lay around all day with your brain chip in your head and play mind pong while your AI twin goes out and does all the hard work and the heavy lifting. Folks, they are going to lock you into a lifetime of slavery. They're going to put you in the matrix, and your brain is going to generate energy that they're going to use to power this AI matrix that you are going to live in as a slave, as a prisoner, as an Auschwitz concentration camp slave. Over the top, it says at Auschwitz, work will set you free. Well, you're going to work for them. That little hamster is going to run inside your head, moving that wheel as you power the AI hive mind world with the energy that you are creating. And as you do it, don't worry, you'll get some tokens so you could buy corn pops inside of the metaverse. Folks, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to Pain.TV. I will be back tomorrow to tackle Lars Butler and continue to expose AI Foundation and their mind twin psychopathic Nazi software. Have a great day. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.